Hello and welcome to First Off, You're Wrong. I'm Jeremiah. With me is Luke. Well, 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 <laughs> look who's back. It's First Off, You're Wrong, podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. I am Luke. With me is Jeremiah. I'm upset because he didn't let me do the intro. The response to that is, hello, now. And then I go, last week, we had Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Even though the recording distance between that yeah. episode and now feels like it was three days ago, because it was... Almost, but... Yeah, that was pretty... It's okay. We're giving away the magic by saying this, I guess. No, we record these the day they come out. Yeah, that's They're right. We, 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 we actually, show up to each other's houses at 6 o'clock in the morning. Every, bright and bushy-tailed. Every, every single time that you hit play on Spotify, we're waiting and we have some like automagic software. And as soon as you hit play, we just start talking. <laughs> that's right. So, that's how it and works. we just have a script memorized. So every single time anyone hits... like. Pray, play or pause, then we start. Or pray. Yeah, or pray. Maybe, maybe, maybe pray button. That'd that's, be good. The, uh, that's the Lifeway app that they're working on. Are you serious? No. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, any plans for Halloween since um, it's like pretty much tomorrow on this recording? Yeah, I think I'm going to my in-law's house. Um, I got my wife's family is coming up from Florida. They're all dressing like uh, Chick-fil-A employees. It's oh, adorable. nice. They have their little newborn wearing the the uh chick-fil-a uniform oh do they or no the, the newborn is a cow that's what it is oh okay and he's then a cow. the, the gotcha. mom and dad are chick-fil-a employees and if they don't anytime they get candy if they don't go my pleasure i'm gonna be very upset <laughs> i have neighbors i told them that we did a pot or i didn't say we did a podcast i just said yeah i don't really like halloween yeah and then they kept asking me and they asked my wife like three times at a neighborhood function so what happens if i come to your house on halloween and i've said well then i'm gonna tell you to get off my lawn because this is my private property and as a united states citizen i will stand my ground this is my own private domicile (laughs) and i will not be harassed and i look look at their two-year-old i'm sorry i'm sorry are you threatening me (laughs) (laughs) sir back up anyway hit him with a disclaimer All right, as you guys know, this podcast is mainly opinion-based. Of course, as Christians, our utmost authority is the Word of God. But with some of the stuff we talk about, it may be a gray area, or it might just be a topic of Christian liberty. With that said, our goal with this podcast is to make you come away thinking about topics you may not have thought of in the past, or thinking about a topic in a new way that you haven't thought of before. With all that said, Luke... What are people wrong about this week? People are wrong about business ethics, or you could say, I guess you could say like business practices. Business, 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 business. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go business ethics. How about that? Business ethics. So when you're talking about business ethics, there's a lot of different ways I think we could, we could skin that cat. So, or sorry, that's not the P. There's a cat. Raisin's standing right here. I'm sorry. And you just said that in front of her. There's Dang. a lot of different ways to approach this topic. Always the skin of dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, how how would you define just business ethics in general? Well, like, it just it'd be the it'd be practices that you do ethical while, ways of business doing business. Do, ethical ways of doing business. It's pretty much just being a good boy when you're doing business. Yeah. But usually, it's a worldly view of that. So there are some gray areas. There are some some things that you know people will say. Oh, this is this is something that you should do, and of course, then they don't practice it. But it's really what you should do in business 
to be a good person. Yeah. How about that? That would be like the best way I could describe that. What probably businesses tell their employees all the time: raise and stop. Is there a chipmunk in here or something? Okay, I'm sorry. No, we're not taking that out of the podcast a, either. I don't think there's a chipmunk. Anyway, in here. <laughs> but that's what I would say: business ethics would be considered in any any sort of business. Um, I just I had a buddy. I, I told everyone this um, on the closing of last week, and he runs his own his own company and he was I told him about the podcast and he just said you know hey I'd really love to hear you guys opinions on you know how Christians 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 should act and how like different it is for us as Mm -hmm. business owners yeah um you know as opposed to non-believers I'm sorry I don't know what is going on with this this cat I She's trying to get into her little Do you house. want to get into it, Raisin? I'll move this. Okay, there you go. You can get in it now. All right. Anyway, I'm going to go back to this. want to. Yeah, it's okay. So I thought we could go. I could at least go at it from a business owner's perspective. I have a company. We own Section 8 properties, which would be like low-income properties. Um, and I own about 20 of those. Also, we flip houses. Mm-hmm. So... I run crews of guys. I don't necessarily have employees. I have contractors I use, so I got to deal with them. And I'm, I am the head contractor on these projects, so I do have to be in that kind of role. And there are a lot of things that come up, especially in real estate stuff, that even I don't do a very good job at. And um, and I've been working on for the past probably six months at being better at. Um, especially in the, in real estate and in construction more specifically. And I think I've said, talked about this probably on maybe the third or the fourth podcast we did, just like what the, of this, you know, field and, and what, what all happens and how it's hard for me to kind of stick to being more of a shining light and like a representation of Christ as opposed to just another one of the people in the field. Yeah. And then I thought from you, we can get more of the, employee at a very good company yeah i I work for making so much money negative he's so rich negative way richer than the rest of us listening to this and talking i walked in the room i said wow look at that guy he's the richest guy in here um, i'm sorry (laughs) who was that i don't know yeah that's right we shouldn't Uh, say it we'll get banned again um, again (laughs) yeah we'll get shadow banned again uh, but yeah, so for me, I, I'm an employee in a large company and I work in it. So I have, you know, I'm, you know, the level one kind of guy. And then there's, uh, I have a manager and then above him, I have a director. Then there's a VP. Then there's, uh, a head VP over all the other VPs. And then it goes from there and there and there and there up to the CEO after like 14 leaps. So I'm a, I'm a pretty low man on the totem pope. Poll. Plus, I'm already. I'm. I'm pretty new. You know, I've only been there for a year and a half or so. So I'm not like the. You know, I'm not in the same position you are, where you're practically running your own business, and where you are running your own practically. business. Practically, practically. No, I'm just. I'm just a child with just. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but, and but I have also worked in management roles before. In some sense, I've worked in more supervisory roles. I right. would say. Uh, and I've observed management a lot because I've always been in in a working world. I mean, I've been I've had a job since I was fourteen. I, I've worked, so that you know, it's in, a lot of work. In that sense, 
I've observed a lot, you know. It's right. And it's not decade. like I've gone, I, yeah, I've been a business owner since I was 12. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Your father um, gave you a small loan of a million dollars? Just a small loan, a million dollars. You know, it's not that big of a loan if you think of it. Anyway, so let's come back to it. But I've been an employee for, I was employed for a while, and I got sick and tired of it probably when I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. That was where I knew I just had my breakdown point. And I was tired of saying, welcome to Abercrombie and Fitch. And... um and they asked me if I wanted to come back for the winter break. And I said, I think I'm going to fly solo, but I appreciate it. And uh, that was it. Um, and then, of course, I went in and valeted cars, so I still worked for somebody. But okay. Anyway, but I, I was an employee for a while. And like even doing, like uh, with, with actually with Abercrombie Fish, there was a lot of choices to make at that place. Mostly theft. That was the biggest thing there was everyone was stealing except me, incredibly, now, I don't want to sit here and brag about it. I just also, I, I've never been a thief, never been into that. I get way too, the, the Holy Spirit speaks very, very loudly <laughs> to me about stealing. So I've never uh, attempted that um, on, on that, especially on that level. Um, I'm sure there's been times where I've stolen something and I felt really bad about it. As, as Ray um, Comfort would put it, you ever steal anything? You know, nickel off your grandmother's dresser or maybe a, a gum out of your mom's purse? Yes. Well, what does that make you? A thief. Well, that what makes you a thief, right? And what does the Bible say about thieves? <laughs> but yeah, and, and that I, I mean, I I remember that too. Being I worked at an ice cream store in high school for a little bit, and that a, a lot of what happened with that was uh, they called it sweethearting. Where hmm. since it was a lot of high schoolers that worked there, you know, your high school friends come over. Oh, and, okay, oh I got hey, you. Can I get a you know, can I get a hot fudge on there? Oh well it's you know, it's fifty cents extra if you want hot fudge. Oh come on, man, it's me, you know me. Just give me a little extra oh, hot fudge. Oh, I know Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, Jeremiah will do it for us. Yeah, so know. it's that it, that that sort of thing. And I remember seeing coworkers of mine sweethearting or, you know, you get your we would get a free like take home item at the end of every shift, which was very dangerous. Um and you the the contract you signed stated you know you can share it with you can share it with your immediate family right so it's for me or my immediate family because uh, it would be like a pint of ice cream really yeah That's I, could, I could get a pint of ice up to a pint of ice cream so with that you know you had to kind of be like all right well I got this pint of ice cream I brought it home and I didn't eat it and then two days later some friends come over. Oh well, I got the ice cream for me and my family. Are they gonna be okay to eat it? And you know, for me, it was I made the choice. Yeah, I don't think that's a real problem. And then you know, I would think about it later on. But uh, <laughs> stuff like that, or even even military discount stuff, which is you know, I love flashing that military discount at Lowe's. But that's right. That's why you go to Army. You know, that's an ethical decision on my end. Is okay. I remember one time someone else was paying for lunch, and they said, "Hey." Can I use your military discount? I mean, I know I'm paying, but still, you know, 10% off, right? And I said no, because okay. I didn't, I'm not going to be, especially using, you know, the, what at one point and hope maybe still was the most recognized brand in the world as a reason to get 10% off at Cracker Barrel or wherever is not, you know, that it didn't seem ethical to right. me. There probably was some way you could spin it to make it ethical because I did still eat yeah, the food. Yeah, but it's your conscience. But for me, I, I I said no. And that was a very odd look from that person because then I was like, 
are you still going to pay yeah. for my lunch? But thank you for the lunch, by the way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you have to make ethical decisions every day as an employee and as a consumer. Um, I know for me, being a cog in a larger wheel, one of the big decisions I've made is, and it's, it's a struggle every day at work, is play, playing the games of, you know, Oh, it's almost Friday. Oh, TGIF, Bill, am I right? You know, doing stuff like that. <laughs> or, oh, he loves you, a, Bill, don't worry. Just another Monday. I need more coffee on a Monday. You know, those those office desk jobs. The complaining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's veiled complaining. Yeah, it's, it's and, supposed to be sarcastic, funny, but it's really actually like, yeah. I am actually, I actually hate this. Yeah. Or I'm, and, or I'm very thankful that we're going to end this soon. I, I have been guilty of that, but I try my best to not be involved in those games because what what example does that set for people, my coworkers, looking at me, right? Do you have the Philippians verse in your arsenal with I'm, the I'm do my, all things without grumbling? No, I don't. No? Have okay, I think it's Philippians. It's got to be one or two. I don't, uh, chapter one or chapter two. I cannot remember. But like that, that comes back to me all the time because we were in a Bible study together and your brother I think spent the entire time on that verse yeah and it was one of those things where yeah you could glance over and go you're right I shouldn't have like this kind of attitude um you know blah 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 yeah yeah okay and then you go to work and then but I started catching myself being like people like what oh how's how's the life going <laughs> you know living the dream it's like that that is Still complaining in yeah. some ways. It's just like, but it's masked with humor as opposed to like being like, you know what? I'm just thankful that I have a, a, a freaking business and a job that supports a family. Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful, which I am. I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. But then you sit there and you say things like that. I mean, you know, it's, some of it can be seen as harmless or whatever. But I just think that at some point it's like, you know, having that, always having that attitude of, like you said, oh, it's a blue Monday. Oh, thank God it's Friday. You know, oh, it's Thursday, Friday Eve. We're almost yeah. there. Hump like, day. Yeah, like, <laughs> like living for the weekend. You know, I'm living for the week. Yeah. That's Michael Scott. So you didn't know that. No, I didn't. Yeah, I just weekend. said, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, I did have a thought, and this probably applies more to you okay. running the business, but in Luke 6, in, there's uh, another part of the gospels that i can't remember which verse it is but luke 6 is as you wish that others would do to you do so to them so you know do unto others as you want to be done to you the golden rule so as a business owner have you ever come across situations where you're like you know i could i could do it you know i could do it the quick way or i could do it the way that i would want my house to look Uh, yeah so that's actually a really good question so i've had a lot of times where I have had houses and I've taken shortcuts. The The good thing that God did to me was he said, I'm going to put you into rentals mostly so that when I do something stupid, it's not someone else dealing with it. Yeah. I have to go back and deal with my stupidness yeah. and my 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 shortcuts and my laziness and my whatever. Um, so yes, that has bitten me in the butt many times, especially at the beginning. Now... That I've gotten into more of having crews help me. It's not just me or me and my brother-in-law or me and you know a friend going and working on these houses. Like I will, they'll be sitting there like, "Well, what do you want us to do?" And I go, "Well, how much is it to do it right?" 
well, it's this much. Okay, how much is it to do it wrong? Okay, well, it's um, it's a it's a thousand dollars cheaper. And then I sit there in my head and I go, okay, but a thousand dollars now is like, you know, I don't, you know, ten five years from now, I'm not sitting there for ten hours going, wait a second, now what did we do wrong here? Oh, that's right. <laughs> now I'm gonna go back and spend all these hours fixing the problem and more money than it would have cost. Right, and it's the same thing with with the flipping the houses. I'm not going to say that I do everything perfectly because it is very hard for me to do everything perfectly because I'm not a, a like a I'm not a real contractor. I'm just not. I'm a dude that watches a lot, watched a lot of YouTube, and can do this a lot house. of things. Yeah, and this whole house and can do a lot of things, um, and knows how to manage crews of people. Um, but I, I don't do anything. I don't do things like super, super perfect. But I make sure that like there's you're not going to have. You're not falling through a floor because I'm using seven sixteenths OSB for a subfloor. And <laughs> that's a that's a builder joke for those of you who <laughs> yeah. don't work in construction. And I'm not like you know, when I'm putting plumbing together like underneath the sink, can you guys look under it? Your beautiful P trap, okay? I, I do that as well because I used to do it with that accordion one. Don't ever use the accordion ones, apparently all the plumbers hate it. But yes, there there's a lot of times where, especially in the past, I would take the shortcut. Now I try not to, um, and you know, there's sometimes where I'll fall into where it's like this. It's just so much easier to do it this way. Well, let's just let it let it go or whatever. And again, it will come and bite me in the butt later on. And I'll sit there and go, why didn't I just do it the right way? And my dad's always been one of those advocates for just why don't you take the time and the money right now, do it right, and then we never have to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. And and that's probably the best. With this same thought, actually, the guy that brought up doing this topic. He had a situation, and he wanted to hear our opinions on it. So he runs like a service kind of thing where he um, coaches people. And he said that there was a client he had. He coached for many months, um, maybe even a year. And because of the non-execution on the part of the client... The client wrote a terrible review about him, demanded his money back, was like, I, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not sure if he said he, the guy said he was going to sue him. I'm pretty sure there's some kind of litigation that he threatened. Now, when people do that, that doesn't necessarily always mean that's going to happen, but people will threaten it anyway. And he just asked me, he's like, you know, I kind of want to know with that, how far as a Christian do I take that? He's like, am I just, should I just give the money back and just be like, just move on? Um, or do I need to be like, hey, I stand up for what I do and for the product I have and for, for what I supplied you. I have the receipts of the things that I sent you and of you telling me, hey, I'm doing them. And then you saying, hey, I messed up and I didn't do this thing right. And then things didn't go what, how we planned. And then boom, now you're blaming me for it. And so he said, how far as a Christian should he take that? And I think that this kind of concept is, is, is or the, the, the do unto others you'd have them do unto you kind of thing, easiest way to say it. it. I think it stands in that scenario where it's, I don't think that you have to say to him, you know what, I, I concede everything to you. I, I don't think that you're right, and I concede everything to you, and let's just like call it, call it quits. I think that in those situations... And there's many that go across the board that are like it. I think that if you're dealing, if you in your heart, uh, if you have no conviction from the Holy Spirit saying like, hey, you know, you did do something like 
not right and you need to like surrender the money back and just call it quits, apologize and move on. I think that you not necessarily fighting this like, you know, don't go and threaten them like, I'm going to take every cent you have. But it's it's more of a, you you as a Christian can stand up yeah. for your for your product, for your business, for pretty much for your family, for your livelihood. You can stand up for it. And in this case, it's like, do unto others you have them do unto you. If you're dealing with them fairly, then I don't, there's nothing wrong with this. Because you're not doing something that you wouldn't want someone else to do to you. If you did something where you didn't follow the guidelines that someone pointed out, you didn't get the result, and then you're like, oh, I want my money back. First off, as a Christian, I hope you would never do that. And then second off, after the person pointed out to you, hey, look, I mean, I supplied this for you. I showed you how to do it. I gave you the guidelines. You didn't follow it. Then you look at the the, the facts in front of you and you go, well, you know what? You're right. I, I didn't. So you're right. You keep the money. It was my fault, and I'm sorry that I brought this up, and I accuse you of something that's not right. So with this one, I think if you are – so if I am providing a service to someone, I'm – I don't know. Let's say – You're a cleaner. Yeah, I'm a cleaner. And What kind I, of cleaner? A carpet cleaner. Oh. What kind of – what's happening to the carpets? Uh, a little wine? A little, little, uh, little blood? Um, what are we talking here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't ask questions. You ever I just seen the Irishman? The carpets. No. You've never seen it? No. I think they called him the cleaner. Oh. I think. I can't remember. I clean carpets. It was there three was hours that. long, man. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know what the movie was about. I, I saw CGI Robert De Niro in the trailers, and I did not give it a chance. It was horrendous. <laughs> when he started beating up the guy on the curb, I, I made Laura Ellen walk in, my wife. I made her walk in. And I said, watch this. And she watched it. What am I watching? I said, you're watching an 80-year-old man pretending he's 20, and it's disgusting. Yeah. And then she walked out of the room, very disappointed me. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so You're a cleaner. If I'm a, if I'm a carpet cleaner, and someone calls me over, and they, I don't know, they spilled wine on their carpet, and they're like, hey, can you get this out for me? And let's say I try, and I get the, I get the wine out, and I clean it. And beforehand, we say, okay, if I can get it out, then it's going to be a $200 fee, right, to clean this carpet. Okay, shake hands, verbal agreement, this is what it's going to be. Even sign a contract saying this is what we're going to do. Now, as a Christian carpet cleaner, I do my job and I do it all to the glory of God and I do it to the best of my abilities and I get that stain out and then this person comes back and says, eh, you know what, Uh, I'm thinking more like a hundred bucks or I'm going to leave you a nasty review. Well, now... I'm not thinking, okay, well, I need to be a, a pacifist and I need to be calm. You can be respectful and you can, right. you don't, don't fly off the handle and start in a shouting match, but in a, in a calm manner, rebuke them and say, hey, here's the contract we signed saying that you owe me payment for the cleaning. Right. And if you can't afford that, if you can't afford $200, if that's an issue, then we can figure something out. I'm sure that we can make a payment option for it. Uh, but either way, I need to make money for this cleaning because I I did the work right. and I accomplished the goal. And let's say even making making the two scenarios closer, it'd be like him or the carpet cleaner scenario. You go in and clean the wine and he goes, but the rest of the carpet looks horrible. Yeah. And it's like, but... But that's the thing is, you asked for this certain thing, and I provided that. 
Now you dirtied the rest of the carpet up. Like that's not on me that I did that, that you did that. Mm -hmm. And you didn't ask me to come in and clean all of your carpets. You said, can you clean this one spot? And it's, it's, it's when there's a service that's been offered to you and the thing has been, and it's gone through, everything has been done on the other person's part. If we are the client, that's on us as Christians to honor the contract. But as business owners, as Christians, you, like Jeremiah said, you are you can fight for these things. Like mm-hmm. To sit here and just be like, well, as Christians, we need to be pacifists. Well, as Christians, we need to just let it go. Well, as Christians, we need to just what? It's you can do it in a respectful way. I mean, I'll bring it up again. Christ went into the temple and flipped tables over, okay? Like he didn't... The, I've had friends and family that have been like, well, you know, Jesus was like, you know, if we're going to be like Jesus, I feel like, you know, we need to be like super peaceful. We don't ever need to be confrontational or whatever. And I was like, what do you call that? I mean, mm-hmm. what, like Christ didn't just sit there and go, I'm just not going to fight for it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sit back the, and, and do nothing. The thing that, you know, Vody Bauckham has a whole sermon jam on this. Well, he has a whole sermon, but he has a sermon jam that is amazing to listen to where he's talking about he doesn't want your weak, sissified Jesus. But the <laughs> something I heard recently... After he goes and benches like 5,000 pounds. Yeah, he's got an insane squat. Uh, but something I heard recently, which another thing I'll probably get fact-checked fact on, but back in that day, carpenter, you know, Jesus was a carpenter, it didn't just mean a woodworker, Right. Many carpenters were woodworkers. That was a, a a main thing that they did, but they also tended to work with stone. Oh, really? Okay. So I didn't it, know it that. was a similar, similarly, it was like a, a carpenter and a stonemason might do very similar work to the point that carpenters often hewed shapes out of rock, and then the stonemason would come and do what else was needed. So you think about Jesus who worked. As a carpenter, he was not weak. He was moving lumber. He was creating and building lump, uh, objects, door frames, houses out of lumber and possibly hewing stone at the same time. I don't know if you've ever gone at a rock with a pickaxe or uh, with a sledgehammer. It's the worst. It's t- it's, it hurts your hands so much. It, so, it, it like vibrates your entire like arm. It's terrible. Think of a... I don't want to sound rude here but think of a construction worker a large construction worker coming into your church and seeing or a church that's preaching the false gospel and seeing what's happening and starts flipping pews and runs people out of the church with a whip that's that was jesus jesus was not a weak skinny man he came in as a he was a man he was a large i mean he he you, you couldn't have existed in that occupation and been 100 right. pounds. My grandfather was a carpenter. He was six foot two. Those, his hands, like, I mean, that man, like, he took, he'd flick you instead of when he was disciplining us. It was, it was earth shattering. In <laughs> <laughs> like, his hands, like, you know, like I said, like, if, if you could, if I, just imagining his hands and stuff, like, as someone who would do woodworking and carpentry yeah. and stuff. Same thing with Christ. That was the thing. He wasn't like my grandfather was big dude because of what he, he didn't lift. It was because he worked in that. Yeah. Like those guys. The like vibration when, in your hands just yeah. from hitting nails all day, 
from using a chisel all day. No power tools, right? Nope. So aside from that tangent, let me just read this real quick because this is a verse that I found that I think ties in a lot with what we're saying. It's Second Thessalonians 3, 7 through 12. And it says, For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we did not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such, such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their living. That's the last section. Really, the, the whole thing is very important, but that last section, to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. I think is important with a lot of business transactions in the modern day. Whether you're an employee or a business owner, doing work quietly to earn your own living is a good way to think about what you're doing. Because what you should be doing is being hard at work. You should be busy with what you're doing, but you shouldn't be a loud mouth about it. You shouldn't be saying, oh man, I've been doing all this all day. And I can't even think about doing that. And you shouldn't be a busy body, certainly. You shouldn't be going around with idleness, like it said, just not occupying your time. You should be busy at work, but you should do your work quietly to earn a living and to support your family. Uh, so as a owner, or as your, your friend was talking about getting uh, having that issue with the other person... I, I do think that being quiet about it is maybe the correct way to go. So if they if they write a nasty Google review, that is a big way for people to get business. Uh, where they you know I think almost everywhere I go now I look to see what the what the Google review is. If there's not more than mm-hmm. like ten, I'm a little hesitant. If you know they have low stars, I'm hesitant. So that's withholding business from people. So if he gets that. Don't, you know, jump on and comment below it and say, well, actually you did this. Try and resolve it with the person individually. Don't take this up and spark it up and create a bigger flame that's just going to burn and burn and burn. Try to resolve it at the lowest possible level as quickly as you can. So that way it doesn't ever, you don't have to get out a fire extinguisher to put out this fire. You can, you know, blow it out like a candle. I guess what I'm saying, confrontation and bring up like Christ going through and flipping tables and stuff. I'm not saying like, hey, like you're saying, like go. And he puts that review, then you need to go in there and you'd be like, hey man, listen buddy, all right? That ain't cool. Like we don't need to do any of that kind of stuff. It's, I'm saying you, a business owner can fight for his business, for his product, for whatever. It's not saying fighting in like the loudest form or in the most obnoxious form. It's, Going to the person, it's saying, hey, look, let's outline what we did. And then showing them, hey, I did what I said I would do. You know, your end of the bargain didn't line up. Or, hey, you know, the product didn't work for you. I understand. 
Um, but it was because maybe some kind of error on their part, or even if it was like the product was just a dud, hey, look, I'll send you another one. Hey, look, I'll refund you your money, like whatever it is. Now, if there's a principle in it where it's like, I have done everything right on my end, like I can look and I can go down the line and see like, I have the the proof that they did something wrong. Fighting for what you did and what you're selling is not a, a problem for a Christian. It's mm-hmm. not something where you can't go and be like, hey man, I'm willing to work this out with you, but I need you to understand, like I gave you my best. I gave you everything that I promised I would do. And you didn't deliver on your end of it. And like, let, we need to come to some sort of agreement. If it's maybe like a half off thing, or if it's like a, you know, we just part ways and we understand and whatever, which I, mean, I wish that was the way the world worked, but it usually doesn't. You, you're, you're able to do that as a Christian. And I think a lot of us, including employees, they, we, we just are like, well, as Christians, we need to just sit back and just take it. Take whatever it is that's thrown at us and just let it happen, whatever, we'll move on. We're bigger people. It's, it's not about being bigger people. Like, again, we're not saying go and argue and scream at them and have a screaming match in front of, like, all the other employees and at your employer and stuff like that. You're supposed to be different, mm-hmm. correct? We're supposed to be like Christ. So it's you can confront someone in a godly manner. You can talk to someone about something wrong they did, whether in business or in a transaction, like a day business practice or a transaction, you can talk sternly to people in a certain way. And this is where it comes down for me, is that I have a lot of issue with this, and this is this is the thing I was talking about at the beginning, is that in construction, we all curse. Mm-hmm. We curse so much. I mean, the, the amount of cursing, I mean, we'll just be standing there, and you're they're saying curse, I'm like, that. we didn't even need it to go right there, right? And and it was it's a hard thing that I have struggled with since the beginning, what I've been doing this for seven years now, and you know, I cursed way before that. But when you start doing the construction, everyone's just, you know, dropping everything all the time. And, and I get sucked into it because I'm in a conversation with yeah. them. And then I just start doing it too, just letting it rip. And actually, it was working with one of the kids from our church who told me we were going to have no curse summer because I was just cursing so much. And I was cursing around him. And... And it's a it's an eighteen year old kid that's coming to a thirty one year old man and being like, "We're gonna do no curse summer." Oh, okay. Oh, a wise one. You that know, was a slap in the face. I'm sure. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, what? and I literally just looked. I remember that. I still remember exactly where we were. The hill we were traveling down in my truck to go to work. And I just looked at him and I said, "Okay, fine. We'll do no curse summer." And you know, and the funny thing though is that when someone says it to me, good thing about me is like I take it as a challenge, and I'm like, you know, it's something I do need to do. I have children that are now growing up, and they're going to hear me say these things because I'll come home, and I'm still in that mode, and I'll still rip it out, and and it was like so over the summer, I just like slowly like every single, I mean every every day I was with this kid, he'd be like, oh look, that's what day 21 without saying a uh, saying a curse. I'm so proud of you. He'd say it so condescendingly too, whatever, but. Uh, but again, it, it kept me accountable because there was someone there who was like, we don't need to do this. We don't, you, you need to stop doing this stuff, even if it was in a funny kind of sarcastic way. And it, it helped me out. But I also looked at it this way is I have an 18 year old kid that is coming and working with me. I'm not going to say that he is like, oh my gosh, he just wants to be like me, but I'm still an example for him. Yeah. And so sitting there and cursing all the time and stuff, what is that saying to him? 
And I'm glad that he was at least a man enough to be like, you know, we're not, you need to stop doing it. And then it's also to my workers who are not Christians, some of them. Like, I, oh, well, Luke's just another, he's just another dude in construction. Like he's, he says he's a Christian, whatever. But how different is he really? Yeah. He's just like the rest of us. Like I'm fair with them on pay. I pay them on time. Like we can negotiate and stuff like that. And I'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, this needs to be a certain different price or whatever. But I pay them on time. But when it comes to my speech, I'm just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I can't continue doing stuff like that. There has to be a difference. And that's what it comes down to in all these situations is, are you different in the situation you're in? When you're trying to fight for your product, are you fighting for it like everyone else does, where they where they throw jabs back and forth? Or are you just being like, hey, I'm coming to you. I'm not coming to you host- with hostilities and stuff. I'm just trying to talk to you and explain to you, hey, I did my part. I firmly believe in what I did. And things just didn't work out on your end. Yeah. Well, something I'm thinking too is, one, go listen to the Manosphere episode because of what I'm about to say. <laughs> there you go. But I didn't one have of, to do it. One of Jordan Peterson's rules for life is always tell the truth or at least don't lie. Right? So, right. We should not bear false witness against our neighbors. That's a commandment. Right? So we shouldn't commit perjury. We shouldn't intentionally lie to besmirch someone's character. So what does that look like in the business world? Yeah, so-and-so has just been doing all this to me all day. Or you're a salesman. Oh, well, you don't want to buy that product because if you buy that product, then this is going to happen and you're purposefully trying to uh, besmirch that person's name, right? So there's one aspect of it, but always tell the truth or at least don't lie. The reason I, I, I like that phrasing is you can't, you're going to lie accidentally. You know, you don't yeah. always know what is happening, right? Or you're not going to lie. You're, you're going to mess up the truth, I should say, is the right way to put it, right? So you might be working under one assumption and you might tell your manager, hey, this is what's going on. And then turns out that's not the truth. And you have to go back and fix what you said beforehand. That happens to everyone. But not lying looks like you're not covering stuff up. You're not trying to get away with something to, you know, you're not uh, doing time theft. There's a big one for oh, yeah, a lot no, of people. For a lot of employees. Right. Yep. That's time thief. Just, time thief. That's just lying. Again, that's the office, but Jeremiah wouldn't know that. <laughs> so That was Dwight. Anyways, Dwight. Um, you know, don't, don't lie to your employees. Don't lie to your management. Don't lie to your customers. But... Don't expect to always tell the truth. And if you're, I don't know why I'm thinking of, especially in a sales job, it seems like that job is a lot of, you know, just go, just go, just go, just go. Hey, we got to get in there. We got to go. We got to get this. Say whatever it takes to make the sale. ABCs, right? right? Always be closing, right? So Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Hurts my feelings every time. It's another office quote. I know that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you always be closing. Let's just do this. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Let's go. And you do whatever it takes to get that sale. Well, what if you're the salesman who walks in there and goes, hey, this is what we want to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And you know what? Our competitors are going to come in and say that they can do this in six weeks. We're going to do it in eight weeks. And the reason we're going to do it in eight weeks is because we don't want to lie to you and say we'll get it done in six weeks and then head up the lake. So we'd rather have it done for you Wouldn't early. You, would you rather have it where it's done when I say it's going to be done? Yeah. Or a little bit earlier than tell you six weeks and then go, hey, can we have a two-week extension? Yeah. So Knowing the whole time we were going to do that. 
to make the sale. Be that person. You go to your boss to say, hey, you know, I got this project and it's taking three weeks. You could go up and say, hey, boss, it's going to take four weeks for me to do this project. And then you have three weeks where it actually took you to do the project. And then one week where you get basically a, a vacation because you finished it early and you don't have to, you know, oh, well, the spreadsheet's done. I guess I'll just sit around for a week and pretend like I'm working on it still. Oh, yeah, boss, hard at work. Hard at work, baby. You know, you could do that or you could be honest and say, hey, this is taking three weeks. It might take four weeks, but I'm going to send you an update every day. Okay. Yeah. Right? You you need to be honest in your dealings. And the speech is a big one. I know I've struggled with that too, Luke. That's not just like a, a you thing. I think everyone who goes out and works in a, especially, I mean, I'm in the army and my job in the army oh, is I was gonna construction. Oh, the army is just going to be. I mean, yeah, I'm in the army whoa, and I'm doubly. in construction. So, <laughs> the exponential cursing. And a lot of the people that I work with are also in law enforcement. Oh, my so goodness. So, it's just yeah, this yeah. triple whammy, right? Yeah. All and the time. So, being in that world, it, it's, it's the same thing where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that was a, a way you could say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would be lying if I say I'm not guilty of throwing the occasional word out there right but the testimony i have and the reputation i've tried to build up is one that is conformed to the image of of christ right right and that you know we're supposed to be in the world not of the world and what does that mean not of the world does that mean amish does that mean oh go listen to romance books (laughs) uh does that mean Amish or some kind of absolute separatist? No, that means we're supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. We're supposed to be living in purity and godliness. There shouldn't be two lives, right? Yeah. I think the cursing is a perfect example of the two life thing that you can get with this. Like, well, in business, I do this. Well, in church life, I do this. It was like when I was going, when I first started going to our church, I mean, I'm sitting there and everyone's like, oh, you know, oh, they probably didn't think I was a nice guy, whatever. Um, but you, you were look, weird. look, he has a nice wife <laughs> and he's an okay dude, whatever. And I'm sitting there, you know, trying to get involved in the church and stuff. And I'm making sure the best example I have is your brother, Jeff. He went, he came to my brother-in-law's house to help us put a front door in randomly one day. Cause it was one of his doors that he got. And I say, Hey Jeff, can you get my my tape measure, it's over, just go ahead and move all that shh. and I was like, and I just caught myself, and then he just looks at me, and I look at my brother-in-law, and I just go, stuff, <laughs> and then Jeff just like, oh, nice save there, and it's a, it was the perfect example of like, almost like the two lives I was living, Yeah, where it was in construction, or or with my my family members, my my in-laws or step-in-laws or whatever. That there's no steps in this house. Sorry, was, guys. Was, there's no steps in this house. You beat me to it. Oh, I'm sorry. The only steps are in this house. There's no such thing as step brothers. Okay. Uh, but anyway, the, like I I'm in that world, and then I'm in the church world where I I don't yeah. say those things. And it, and again, it's if we're going doing the the dual life thing it's like when we were in high school or in college where it was like hey if you're going out and partying and getting drunk every single night and then sunday i had friends that did it all the time and then sunday you go i just wouldn't go to sunday you know that's how good i was right you know yeah. you do that bad stuff and then you do and then you just don't go but they're going and doing that going hung over to church and it's like what 
Like the, you're living two completely separate lives that have nothing to do with each other. And, and there's a, and there's going to be a fight between them. And also it's a terrible example because it's like, oh, well, he's a Christian. He goes and gets drunk and does whatever. Or he's a Christian. He curses all the time and does all kinds, says all kinds of ridiculous insults to people. And, um, and then he pretends like he's okay when he's around like church people and stuff or when he's around family members. Um, but when he's over there, he does whatever he wants. The dualism of life should not be there. It should be one, there's one life you're living. And like Jeremiah was saying, we're supposed to be in the image of Christ. So yes, are we going to make mistakes? Of course, we're all human. We will always make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But it's trying to cut out the two life thing, make it one life where you just make a couple mistakes as opposed to, I'm going to just sin, sin, sin in this. And then in this life, I'll be fine. So in business, we're just going to sin all the time. But when I go to church, you know, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to be the best little person singing all the hymns, standing up, sitting down. I'm going to tie. They'll be fine. Everything will be great. But yet you're living this dualistic life. You can't do it. Ephesians 4.28, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands. Right? Yeah. Once Once you're saved and you're pulled out of that life, you're not the thief anymore. Go find honest work to do with your hands. We've talked about this movie before, but the movie, go listen to... The Chosen. Christian Media, no. (laughs) Um, Go listen to Christian Media. Uh, Flywheel. Oh, yeah. That that movie that came out a while ago. Oh, I always forget the name of the guys that direct it. But in the movie, it is a... It takes a... The guy is a used car salesman. And he makes a living selling lemons selling what selling lemons yes but he soups them up to look like not lemons okay well then he is he gets saved his wife helps lead him to christ and he goes from a guy who would put an empty envelope in an offering plate on sundays and sell old ladies cars that were just i never thought of that that's crazy i never thought of (laughs) of not doing that sorry i'm not gonna do that now (laughs) But I've never thought of people doing that. That's crazy. But well, not crazy, I guess. I'm sorry. Because I'm he wanted, he wanted right to now. look good on yeah, Sunday. You want to look and good on, on Sunday. Monday he would go and sell, you know. That's exactly what we're talking he'd about. He'd be yeah. turning back the the odometer Yeah, on the odometer to get look it's hundred thousand miles, man. The um and, and like half, three quarters away through that movie, he goes, I'm I'm not gonna sell lemons anymore. I'm gonna be honest. And he started being honest with his customers. And he started being straightforward and he started saying, look, um, I could, uh, I, the best I can do on this car is $6,000. Oh, that's, that, yeah, that's in our budget. Let's do that. And instead of pricing it at like $20,000, which he could have done and gotten away with, but he priced it honestly. Right. And he started, and he lost salesmen because now they're not making what they used to make. But they're making what they should be making because he's being honest and he's being upfront with the repairs that they've had to do with cars. And he's and the entire time it shows him going from this slimy used car salesman to an honest person. It's a very uh, impactful uh, visual aid. Right. And there's a lot of criticism with things like that because people would say that's just ridiculous. You know, like. He could at least do this or whatever, and those salesmen are going to hate him for it and blah, 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 and he'll lose friends and he'll lose clients and he'll lose money. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, who is it that we serve? Who is it that we represent? Yeah. So it's like, I don't care if there's less comfort. I don't care if 
there's less money coming in, then make it work. Then figure out your finances to make it work because is it that we want to represent Christ or is it that we want to have all the things of this world? I mean, what, yeah. we, we read verses where it tells us, like, you can have all the things of this world, but then you lose your soul. What, is it, what does it count to you? Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You get nothing out of it. You can't serve God and mammon. No. Right? The, and and all, all that ties, ha, half of that ties into the first half of the, these verses, and then it goes into something else in the second half that I want to hear your, your take on. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 7, 22 and 24, through 24. Uh, For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man in the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. Right. Right. So that identity now is not, you know, you're not manager at, you know, whatever car dealership. You're not uh, employee in the IT department. You're not a business owner of Goodman Enterprise. You are not what it's called. Go ahead. (laughs) Anyways, whatever it's called. Goodman LLC. Uh, Just go with it. (laughs) You are a bond servant of Christ. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So that's an important thing to remember as you're conducting yourself in in the working world, right? The other thing that goes on in this verse is it ends with, So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. And I, I was listening to John Piper about this topic today, and he he has a very famous sermon, uh, you know, Don't Waste Your Life. Oh, um, yes, yeah, I've heard of it. But he, he, in this one section where he quotes that, he makes a point to say not every person is called to be in the ministry. And not every person who is in the business world is called to be in the business world, right? There are some people who are supposed to go into ministry. And there are some people who are not supposed to go into ministry. They're supposed to stay in the business world. And there are some people who, when they get saved, they're in the business world and they're supposed to stay in the business world. They're supposed to stay in the secular world. So that section right there, whatsoever state each was called, there let him remain. What Piper and what I interpret that to say is that don't rush because now you're all on fire for the Lord and especially people that the, the fun term the cage stage cage stage Calvinist right right when you come to the understanding of the doctrines of grace you just want to go out and tell everyone about it and you get all hyper and excited about it and you're all built up and then you realize you don't quite understand the go doctrines of grace. Go back and listen grace. to church camps. Go back and listen to youth group. Go back and listen to children's church. So, <laughs> go ahead. That's where I'm going with this but, answer. Of what I, what I think of as, go ahead. You know, not not everyone is supposed to be in the ministry. Right. Some people, when you're saved, remain doing what you're doing. Think how many different people in the Bible, how many different business people. One I Paul. can think of, Paul. Paul was making tents. But he, I'm sorry, he was I just also screamed ministry, that at you. Ministry. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, uh, Lydia, right? She was a seller of purple. Mm-hmm. Wealthy woman selling purple. That's a weird thing to think about in today's job. mind, but I sell red. Yes, not as rich. But I'm more of a blue man myself. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I didn't even realize the blue yeah, man. Yeah, that's, what, that's where I, I thought made. you were going with it. I was <laughs> no. like, All right, well, I get it. But um, oh, wow, accidental blue man group reference. Uh, but yeah, there, there's business people 
spoken of in the Bible that mm-hmm. don't have a direct tie to ministry in the sense that they work there. But Lydia also facilitated the church, right? She funded a lot of ministry that was happening because she had that ability. And for lack of a better term, the Christians in the secular world help subsidize the Christians who can work full time to permeate the gospel, to get the gospel out there. So your tithe that you make working in the secular world is your ministry. And I don't want to sound like a prosperity, health and wealth, name and claim, seed money kind of guy, but when you give give what you can give for tithe, if your church is doing what it should be doing, then that money is going to spread the gospel, whether it's to the church, to the neighborhood, to the city, to the state, you know, that is what is supposed to happen. And if everyone dropped what they're doing, and they all go start working for the church. Well, now you have a cult. Uh, you, you have people all on a compound. And now we got Waco again. Who aren't you know? out in the world. They aren't going out and, and working and bringing in money for certain people to be able to stay and to learn and to, to teach the gospel. Now, not saying anything bad against lay ministers, people who are, you know, tent makers like Paul, because... You know, he said in the verse I read earlier that when he was among you, he he didn't take bread from anyone. He worked for everything. Right. And not saying that pastors, all they have to do is just sit around and, you know, uh, just throw together a sermon for Sunday morning and you'll be good. No, a pastor is diligently at work and his work is not just in the study. It's going to the hospital to see the sick. It's going to the prisons. It's going to the children in the area. It's going to the neighborhood. It's going to the 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 witnessing that's happening it's going to help the the souls of the saints right so the people who are uh you know they may be bedridden they may not be able to go out he's out visiting there's so much more that a pastor is able to do when you have people in a secular world who are working and able to fund his ministry and then we also reap the benefits as we're doing that because now he is able to okay well we had a lay minister but now we have the ability to financially support a pastor so he doesn't have to work uh in order to keep pastoring this church we can support him well now he's able now we can have multiple sermons throughout the week because he has so much more time to prepare we have three sermons throughout the week we have right. sunday sunday, sunday morning two sunday, sunday night, yeah. one on wednesday and now he's able to go and visit those people so there's a lot that happens through your ministry by bringing that tithe money into the church and there's a lot that happens as well. The D.L. Moody quote that we say often on here is always preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Your presence in your office, in your workplace, in your environment should be a drawing light to people who may not have experienced the joy that you have in Christ. You should be weird to your coworkers. You don't have to be weird in all respects. Not, 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 right? not like we are, like homeschool yeah. weird. But don't do that. But weird, like, why is he happy all the time? Why is he joyful? Just the difference, those little differences. Smile all Mm -hmm. the time. And I know I have a a co worker who I believe is a genuine believer from the conversations I've had with him. He he gets into work early every morning and he's either, I'll 
pass him walking into work myself sometimes and I'll see him either at his desk eating breakfast with his Bible open or he's in his truck reading his Bible before he comes in just because he lives far away. He likes to drive and then read uh, his Bible in the mornings. And I, I can't tell you when that man is not smiling, when that man is not joyful about his surroundings. And it could be, he could be hit with the biggest workload of the day and he'll go, okay, thank you. And, and end of story, right? He is just, he is a happy man. He has a good heart attitude. And I believe that is just such an encouragement and it, it, it points people to the peculiar people and the peculiarity we have in Christ. Going back to your verse. I the number the first part the reason why I said go back to youth or to um, church camps youth group children's church is because mostly just church camps is that thing where it says stay where you are because everyone gets so you know I don't really know what it's got that you get the vigor and you're just like I have to go and do something now where it's, I got to be a missionary right where Christ is like hey stop i want you to think about stuff i want you to think about this and i want you to continue doing what you're doing and let's go through the thought process let the holy spirit work in you and we're going to guide you in the trust in Mm -hmm. us trust trust in in god and he's going to show you exactly where you need to go with this stuff and then the, the thing with with giving money yes being in the secular realm of things it's like our time and our money we give to the church we don't give as much time as people that are in the ministry. We don't give as much time as people that are part of the church staff or anything like that. But we can still give our time with things like Awana, with things like cleaning up after events or setting up events or or anything like that where it's like, hey, we're going to do um, like a men's work day we're about to do and, and pretty much a prayer breakfast kind of light prayer breakfast. And we're not putting that on pastor to do. We're mm-hmm. not putting that on any of the church staff to do. You and I are pretty much running that, and we're not church staff. No. So we're setting, we're setting it up. We're making sure everyone knows about it. Like they have put something in the bulletin to let people know. They put it up on, this, on, this, on the screen to let people know. But that's on us because we're willing to give our time and stuff like that, which is what we need to be doing as Christians yeah. that aren't necessarily in these tracks. And we, as business owners and as employees, giving our tithes, giving our offerings above and beyond sometimes for for certain projects or for certain ministries that's what we need to we need to feel that when the holy spirit tells us to do that the like that it needs to be done and this isn't like the whole hey you got to give this percent you know you got to do this you got to i don't care about that give what is not against your conscience so to me i don't care what it is i just want you to give because we we need to further the kingdom every single day and money helps it's not the love of money is the root to all evil but the use of money has so many utilities to further so much mm-hmm. that needs to be furthered well and i mean going off that the the story of the widow and the mites right and, and i can't remember where you find it but you know, fable no <laughs> <laughs> That's the tortoise and the hare, not the widow and the mites. Um, where they didn't have to be rude about it. They, the the widow walks up, and the Pharisees are throwing the coins into the uh, thing in the temple, 
where they would put their tithe and the the Pharisees and Sadducees are tithing even of the mint that they give. Right. And then Jesus sees an old widow bringing that little bringing two yeah. mites which is, you know, like less than a penny and gently puts those into the coffer or whatever it's whatever it's called and prays and walks away. Well, that story is not just a look, she's been faithful with the little she has and you've been faithful with the much that you have. No, it's a re- also a rebuke to the Pharisees who are there. You're you're doing all this showmanship and you're you're throwing your stuff to make a loud clang in the back of the coffers and to do all this and you're you're so particular about everything just for the show of it and to show that you're holier than everyone, but that widow who gave her two mites, that little that she had that she gave that she shouldn't have given in the first place because you should be taking care of her. That woman has more faith than any of you because she is doing what she has been called to do out of the goodness of her heart, out of what... Wow, totally lost my train of thought. But she has been doing what she... Pause. But she has been doing what she's supposed to do when you have not taken care of her. Right, so that's the other thing where your tithe go tithes go to, and it, it, taking care of the old, the elderly, the widows. You know, there's the whole uh, I think it's Second Timothy where it talks about the widows on the list. You know, you can have uh, a list of women who are you know not under sixty that have no children to take care of them, add them to the list so that they can be washed over by the church. Well, all that is also funded. By your secular job, by your role in the business world. So to kind of wrap all of it up, I think for Christians, it's not just good to be in the secular world. I think it's necessary for the furtherance of the gospel. Yes. We are supposed to be out in the world and we are supposed to be promoting ourselves, uh, for lack of a better term, promoting ourselves and to be showing Christ likeness to the lost, to make them question what is different, what is weird about that guy, why does he have joy? It's business ethics, really, it's just Christian principles. That's what it is. If you're following those, you're doing fine. If someone's cheating and lying and and committing a bunch of fraud and you just sit there and go, well, I don't really want to say anything because, you know, I don't want to have to do... Wrong. You need to do something about it. You're a Christian deal with it if you're sitting there and you have a product that you've sold to someone that they did something wrong with it is in your right to be able to fight for your product it is in your right to be able to fight for your company you're able to do that it is just the way you do that is the problem or the or the Mm non-problem it is are you fighting like christ would fight are you fighting in a way where you're not just tearing and ripping apart this person are you instead just showing them, hey, look, I'll, I'll show you the proof. I'll show you that what I did was right and was what we agreed upon and that maybe there was some downfalls on your end. And if they don't accept that, they don't accept it. Okay. At the end of the day, if you need to just cut ties, refund and move on, you can do that. It's okay. But now if there's some kind of thing where you're like, well, if I do that with them, then this is just going to happen all the time. 
then you know what? It's time to fight for your company. And you know how to do it. You have the tools in the Bible of how to deal with hard situations like that. You know how you're to act. So continue to act that way no matter how much I get. With my tenants, sometimes I just get like I get these texts or I get these calls. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And it's like I have to take my wife. She's like, how do you not just, <laughs> just want to quit? And I just go because sometimes it just takes me taking a step back, looking around, saying a prayer and then making a call. And most of the prayer is, Lord, uh, just give me strength. You know, that nice, like the real just concrete short prayer because of just how ridiculous I'm being asked to do something or something happened. I mean, I don't know. The things I've heard is just ridiculous. But it, it comes down to I need to have patience. I need to have understanding. If my tenants go in and destroy my house, am I just to go in and say, "Well, I'll just, I'll just rebuild everything for you because you know you're living here, and I need, and what's right is for me just to to roll over every time that you punch a hole in my sheetrock. I just need to fix it and never charge you anything. That's not right. Did they sign a contract? Yes. Was it a lease? Yes. Was it a fair lease? That's the better question. Yes. Would that be held up in the court of law? Yes. Okay. Well, then on my end, I'm doing what, I, what is right. On your end and what you agreed upon, you're not doing what's right. And just because you don't think it's fair, that's, 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 an, that's a you issue. That's not a, that's not a between me and God issue. I think, too, a lot of it, you, you look at what it says in Proverbs, right? Uh, and I'll, this is going to tie in in a second. But uh, don't answer a fool according to his folly. Answer a fool according to his folly, right? It says both of those things in Proverbs very close together. So people say, oh, that's contradicting itself. No, it's showing that there are times where you can do stuff and there's times where you shouldn't do that stuff that you might do in another situation because every situation is different. And then you take that to Paul, right? Paul was beaten by the Romans and whipped. Then a separate time, Paul was taken and right before he was beaten by the Romans, what did he say? Hey, don't you know I'm a Roman citizen? You would beat a Roman citizen, right? And they stopped. They were like, "Whoa, you're you're a Roman citizen? Yeah, I'm I'm a Roman citizen. You shouldn't do this without a without a uh, you know, a verdict. You need to take me to court if you want to beat me." So there are times in your life, and this, that's a far out example. I'm sure I know. I don't think anyone's getting whipped by uh, you know. Getting I would hope not. At, literally whipped, but you know, you have a tenant who you you are talking with and you know you just need them out of the house and they just they they won't leave and eventually they do leave but when they finally vacate the premise they you know rip some wallpaper off the wall and they scuff up they, the floor they don't do that it's a lot worse i've i know i've been to your houses after people have vacated <laughs> but like like that one you know they 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 didn't right. clean they didn't do a whole lot it was pretty bad so Okay, do you go in and you sue them? They're out of the house. They're out of your hair. It's not really your problem anymore. That's not too much damage. You weigh the cost on that one. Eh, no. But you tell someone that they have to leave the house because they're not paying rent, and you've given them every opportunity for the last year to pay rent and to help you out, and you know maybe you can reach some middle ground, and they say, no, I'm leaving. No, uh, I'm not leaving, and then eventually when they do leave, they burn your house down. Well, maybe you should pursue legal action on that one because now you're out of a property yeah. and now you can't make money on that. So there is a, 
a right time and a wrong time to do things. And it all depends on the circumstance. And you have to approach that prayerfully and with patience and with grace because all those people are just as much fallen sinners <laughs> as, as, you. as you. Let me give you a machine gun of all the... Uh, of all oh, the, is this the scriptures, list? no, this oh. is the scriptures I got. <laughs> Hebrews twelve eleven. This you said the, you went Old Testament. I know I have all the Testament after this. This is the NIV though, so just oh. forgive me. Go listen to uh, King King James no. version onlyism. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Amen. Okay. Let's go Leviticus 19.11. ESV. Everything else is ESV, guys. You're welcome. Woo. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. Okay, that answers the question of my buddy right there. Are you stealing from them? No. Are you dealing with them falsely? No. Are you lying to them? No. Then you're in the right. You can calm down. Not to him. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that like a rebuke of him. It's the point of you can go, okay, I've done the things on my side, on my part. I can pursue this more and again you know how to pursue it you have the guidelines in the bible how to pursue it don't go above and beyond that and start doing what old luke did leviticus 19 13 two verses later you shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him the wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning this is one is huge especially for business owners or people where you get someone to do work for you and they say hey it's 200 bucks it's not can I pay you next week? And you have 200 bucks inside your house. Yeah, but I was going to use that for my, you know, sports betting. You know, the, the Lions and the Raiders are playing tonight. So, you know, <laughs> got a good money line on that one. Um, that person just did a service. You agreed to pay them. You have the money. Then pay them. That's all it is. It's the same thing with your, with your um, workers. They ask for the money because you've agreed to pay them a certain amount. They say, I need this money now. I need it in this form. We give it to them. We're done. That's what we need to do. It needs to be something where it's a breath of fresh air to work for you because you always pay them and you pay them on time. Proverbs 22, 22.1, again ESV, a good name, this is one of my favorite ones, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, act like Christ. Be a light in this world. That's better than any kind of riches possible. Last but not least, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Okay, I'm not saying like, hey, you're going to prosper in everything you do. Yeah, this isn't prosperity gospel stuff. But the point is, in your counsel, you're not in the counsel of the wicked. Find other people. If you're going into business, go into business with another Christian. It's very hard to go in with a non-Christian. The morality, scope, and, and compass are very different. Don't be unequally yoked in that. Okay, we say it in marriage. Business is marriage, dude. It's uh, what's one my, my uh, tax accountant told me. Business is marriage without all the fun stuff. So it's, it, it literally is, though. Like, I've been in business with business partners. It can be horrific. It can be great sometimes. But, like, it's, it's, it stinks. But being in a business without believers is very hard because, again, we're not on the same scale of what's right and what's wrong. Are we ready for Luke's list? Luke's list. Oh, Luke's list. 
I Dude, could not is, even it's, hear it's still it on the it's last still point. quieter than ever. Okay. Uh this Luke's list comes to us from CCU, which is Colorado Christian University. Oh. You're welcome. Uh what makes go- a good Christian business leader? Eight principles to live by. This is the best list I could find, guys, so calm down. All right, number one. Take inventory of everything in your life and discover any aspect of your current situation that would stand up to public scrutiny. Eliminate anything in your life that would tarnish your reputation or hurt your image as a role model of Christian of Christian leadership. Yeah, that should be done before like probably even before you before start you start a business. business that should just, be if, just if you it. are a Christian <laughs> It's living. good. It's good. Just do it now. Yeah. Don't don't, to, don't wait till. Hey guys, just wait till your you wait till your business is about to open. Then that's when you need yeah, to do you know, it. Yeah. You know, I okay? got that picture of me smoking meth on my Instagram <laughs> clipping. But I'm gonna leave that down. I will leave that on this. there while I. Uh, One of the greatest until things. Until I start a business. What did you say in in was it the <laughs> weed episode or was it was another episode I like said, I smoked meth. I said, I want to do cocaine. I want to do cocaine. And he goes, oh, and someone's going to clip that. And I literally clipped it and sent it out to everyone in church. She sent it to three of the deacons yes. or something like that. <laughs> anyway. All right. Make honest, ethical, and moral decisions about your job. You cannot lead others if your decisions are not fair and honest. I mean, we talked about that, I guess, already. Yes? Yeah. We already have said that? Good. Christian business leaders must tell the truth no matter what the situation is. I think that's a huge one. It's hard. And Jeremiah talked about it for what? I don't know, a while. And it was and it's because it's something that's so important because we don't tell the truth. It's hard to when you're in the when you're trying to make a sale, you will say whatever it is. If you go on YouTube right now and say what the best sales tactic, they will literally you don't let them leave and you tell them whatever you have to to make the sale. Tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, tell them what they want to hear. Perfect example. And, and we can't do that. You do that, and then it goes back to that Proverbs 22.1, the good name is better than great riches. And, you, and you're not going to have a good name. You're gonna have, you'll probably have great riches. You'll have a terrible name. People will be like, that's the, that's the scumbag that sells me all that stuff. Terrible example of a human being. If you're a terrible example of a human being, how are you an example of Christ? Probably pretty awful, too. All right. Wow, that was pretty harsh. All right, learn as much as you can about what your employees do. Employees want their manager to know what they do day in and day out. Get in the trenches and show your employees you care. This sounds more like an actual business speech. Yeah, that sounds like a business tactic, like just generally. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. Like, you should know what your employees do. I don't, frankly, care what my guys do. Mostly, they're just drinking beer on the weekends, so... I don't really ask them what they're doing. I thought doing. it was uh, the dollar margaritas at Applebee's. Oh, uh, the margaritas! Oh my gosh, I went. That was that was a interesting lunch that I will probably never partake in again. Not I was not the one drinking dollar margaritas at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, I was not the one. That would be the workers. All right, calm down, everybody. Just the guys using the power tools. Yeah, just, just, just you know, it was. After that, they kept saying, oh, "We're fine," and just the amount of whatever. I'm, I'm done. Uh, an added benefit of fully understanding what you can. We already got that part. Follow the golden rules at all times. Follow the golden rule at all times by doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Don't be late if you're expecting your employees to be on time for work. That kind of thing. I mean, we talked about that too. Yeah. It's it's just it's continually being the the example, and it's like you can. It's not like sitting there and being like I'm gonna be pacifist. It's not necessarily true. You don't have to do that. You can be more than that. As long as it's fair, as long as it is right, you, it's okay. You know, I just want you to know that um, a, a trained monkey might do better at finding lists 
I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on business ethics. All right. That's another uh, key aspect is make sure you treat your coworkers with respect that you would want to be treated. That's right. And your co-host too. Luke, I was talking. (laughs) Yes, sir. Disrespectful. If you guys want to find us, you can see us on TikTok and Instagram. First off, you're wrong. I'm done. I'm done. I'm walking out. <laughs> you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at First Off You're Wrong. Uh, you can also email us if you have questions at contact at First Off You're Wrong. Send us your long form questions. You know, that was uh, similar to one of the things that, that to this topic that we came up with tonight. So if you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, then go ahead and shoot us we the information. We will listen. We will do an episode for you specifically. Yes. So yes. anytime you want, just let us know. Um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Next week, we will be doing probably maybe two or three episodes of us splitting up the time on why you're wrong about Christian nationalism. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a, a ride, a trip. Um, there will be laughs, there will be cries. We're, we're not going to let Jeremiah carry us like he did for, what was the one you did? The I think King, King James, James was. Yeah, King James is involved. I'm sorry. No, I, he had to carry us for that one. And I will be uh, an active participant in this one. So this should be a fun time. Come back if you want to learn about that. Should be a good, good episode. And with that, just remember the most important thing that you learned this week. First off, you're wrong. Bye bye. I love how you're on the last episode.